Hello and welcome to the Toon Tales podcast, where we take a look at the cartoons we loved, or loved, as kids. I'm James, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, who's also called James. How are we getting on, James? Excited? Yes, well, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> so, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the man, the myth, the legend that is Johnny Bravo, specifically the first season. So, what I'm going to do now is, first off, I'm going to send you over to James, who's going to give us some facts about the legendary cartoon. Right, so it was a cartoon created by Van Partable. It ran from 1997 to 2004, which seemed way too long for four seasons, which it ran for. But for 65 episodes in total, 71% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. I don't know what that rates at. What's fresh, 90%? Yeah, well, if you imagine if you get 70% on an exam, that classes as a pass. And to be fair, I think it deserves that rating for... How good it actually is. 70, 72% rated on IMDb as well, which is also you know pretty big. 71st in the 100 best cartoons ever on IGN, which is that's pretty good. You know, I want to put it in that. Like, yeah, because, you know, like, it's good. I, I enjoyed it, which you're going to find out, obviously. Spoilers. Um, but I want to put it in that, that 100 best it's just one of them things that I just I didn't think it'd make that listing. So that's that's great. I mean, I know it's voted for by people, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, very good. And in my opinion, well-deserved. I understand that there's quite a lot of cartoons probably in the world. And as we go through episodes and series of this, we'll go through hopefully more than 100. But for an average person to sit down and name 100 cartoons, definitely Johnny Bravo's in that list. And definitely in the top 100. So it's credit... To the cartoon itself and you know the quality of the animation and the voice acting that we see in Johnny Bravo and other Cartoon Network based cartoons. Any more facts for us buddy? The series revolves around Johnny Bravo voiced by the amazing Jeff Bennett. I didn't look into what else he'd done but I imagine he's one of those people that's prolific in this field. I think he did Lumiere, um, he's done quite a lot in for Disney, he did Lumiere. I think he did the Lumiere in the new what's the film? Uh, with the Rescue Rangers. Ah, oh, I'm gonna say, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the new Beauty of the Beast. I went, he was pretending to be Bill McGregor. <laughs> I will, I will dress up as a, I will dress up as a candle, but I will not do the voice. Fair enough, you weirdo. Yeah, and I think he's done other ones as well. Like, there's quite like in the kind of cartoon world. He's like a really well-known, very good voice actor. Also, you've got the fact that Johnny Bravo, the character himself, is just a, is an Elvis impersonator voice. So, you know, from Jeff Bennett's point of view, it probably wasn't a hard days at the office. Easy money, let's say. So, Jimmy Bob, I think you're going to just give us a brief description of Johnny Bravo himself. Yes, sir. He's, he's a, he's a dim-witted man, which I think... He plays it well, though. I, I think it's one of them. He's dim witted, but he's not. Some of the quips are great quips, as we'll come to obviously later on. But yeah, I think he's quite quick witted in a lot of ways. I think you see it in the uh, Donny Osman episode. Donny Osman um, says about jumping in the ball pool, and Johnny turns around and says, "How about you jumping a river?" That kind of quick wittedness. And later on, when we do the "Did you know?" section. It'll become very clear to why the one-liners are so well written and some of the jokes are really, really good. Yeah. Anyway, again, more sizzle there. Yeah. I'll mistake by the end of the section. I haven't finished this little paragraph. <laughs> He's often supported by his mum, uh, Bunny, and Susie, her uh, next door, is uh, pretty funny, to be fair. She's, she's, she's like the smart foil to his dim-witted yeah, their relationship I find a little bit odd in the first series. It's a little bit more... There's a few references in there, like I said, that we'll probably go through later on, that I guess maybe for the for the audience that it was... That the kind of 90s audience was all right, but looking at it, you just kind of go, hmm. Um, Susie has a little bit of a crush on him, and if she was 18 years older, he'd probably have, he'd probably have sex with her. Yeah, he probably would. But I do... I, she was in it a lot. More than I remembered. Like I remembered a certain episodes with her in, but I, for some reason I just don't. I just don't remember her being in it as much. But 
Yeah, she's in about half of the series, but you don't really see her regularly because of the format. I suppose because you're watching them like in those, because Al- Albiar and um, Amazon is, you get three episodes per section, don't you? Yeah, so most of the first series format is three segments each episode. I think as you get later on in the series, you get ones that are uh, slightly longer than they're generally, maybe about 15 minutes instead of the kind of seven or eight minute ones you get. But most of the time, yeah, there's the three segments. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's good because it's like it's a good amount of time, you know, for kids. Actually, there is something there for everybody. Like you could watch it as an adult and not be like, "This is strange." It's like, oh, Johnny Bravo's on. It's pretty funny. Yeah, well, I think like that that format works quite well, and and you saw that in the kind of the Cartoon Network. I think they still do it now, that format, and I think a lot of cartoon series do that. But you, you often found, you know, Dexter's Laboratory, which will be one that we'll be doing a doing an episode on in the future. That would have had segments, uh, Cow and Chicken, Johnny Bravo. They all kind of essentially were those kind of programs. And when they started out on What a Cartoon, which was a essentially a, an episode that had all different segments of all these cartoons in them, that's really where they came from before they became actual series. So they're quite nice to have those. And I like the fact that I've seen them all. I've watched all the first series and even more recently whilst doing this. But I like to now go back and pick out the ones I like. You know, some of them I'm not a massive fan of. For example, the musical ones. There's a lot of ones in there that I've got. You know, there's one that's a a big rhyming one. There's some musical ones in there. I don't really like them as much. So the idea is that now, because you've got streaming services, it's easy enough. Click on, pick your episode, and go with it. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot easier. And I think it's one of the things when you're a kid as well, when you don't realise, like five minutes could be half an hour, couldn't it? You know, time's different. So like, you don't. I don't remember them being like really short episodes, but the 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 perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The perfectly like yeah, the perfect amount of time where you won't lose interest. But you've got three different stories as well. Like, and again, like you say, they used to do that a lot with every, like every cartoon did that, didn't it? Like, all the Looney Tunes ones were all like, like half an hour. They might have half an hour of Looney Tunes, but you'd have like six, five minute episodes. And it worked. It works, it works for this. Yeah. And I think you see it in the world we live in now with social media, with TikTok. You know, I spent, even as a 34 year old man, I spend half my life watching people on TikTok do stupid things. So we live we live in a generation now whereby them kind of setups that you had in those cartoons actually work now because, you know, my kids would pick the ones that they like and skip the ones like I've done. We live, we live in an era now where we can do that as well. So what we're going to do is now is we're going to move on to a section we like to call Place in Popular Culture, Rating and Reviews Online because the best way to review something is to sit at your keyboard and write about it. So I think we've both got some ones that we chose off the internet that we're going to read out. I will let James go first because he's funnier than me and I'm sure he's found better ones, but let's have a look. Uh, in 2018, so not so long ago I've been watching this. He, might not have, he said he might not have seen every episode of this show, but I remember seeing a few like the Christmas special episode. It's some good voice acting, which is, is correct. Sometimes you find people in there that probably are now massive voice actors. That started off probably on this section, as again we'll probably find out later. But yeah, a lot of it's a lot of it's really positive. I was trying to find some negative ones, but it's not not easy. If you want, I've got some negative ones. <laughs> I got th- three out of ten. Every episode is pretty much the same. He flirts obnoxiously and gets his ass kicked, and then it's just rinse and repeat, which I found was a little bit harsh because there is aspects of him getting a slap, but in every episode he doesn't necessarily get his ass kicked. Like, he generally finishes every episode in a never really winning. But he doesn't, I, I think it's a bit hard to say that they rinse and repeat, especially with some of the episodes that you see. Like, we mentioned the Adam West episode, you know, which is one of our favourites, the Donny Osmond episode, even the Sensitive Male, which is the one where he basically gets taught how to be a sensitive man by a manipulative prick. And at the end, for me, it plays a big part in being the hero in that one. So I thought that was a little bit harsh. Yeah, and to be fair, though, that rinse and repeat is... It's all right to have a go at it. Because I'm, I'm going to presume 
this person as an adult. But for kids, when for to repeat for kids, like I would say, yeah, most episodes are quite similar. Most of them. Yeah, I'd I'd also like to point out that we are doing the section which we call reviews online, but there is a part, there is a thing to mention that if you go onto the internet and write these reviews, you're probably going to generally be negative most of the time. I could be wrong in that respect, but um, so here's some of the ones I got. I got one out of ten. One out of ten is very generous. I have never even laughed at a single episode. Maybe because you don't have a sense of humour. Yeah, I just, again, I don't, I, I'm like, all right. It don't make you cool. So I, I, I kind of feel like if you're going to write, like, I have never even laughed at a single episode, then why did you watch more than one? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you, if, if you watch a programme and you go, this isn't funny, you're not going to sit there and watch all 64 episodes and then go... I've never laughed once at that. I spent the last four days in my life. You give it a couple. You give it. You give it a couple, don't you? But you don't give it every yeah. episode. I've never. La- I've never laughed at a single episode. See, so the next one is just a true classic. It was a very simple one. Nine, uh, eight out of ten. One. This is an interesting one, and I think this is one we'll go on to later on as well. Is proof that sexism exists? Now, I found that interesting because I didn't realize that. Johnny Bravo, just Johnny Bravo, is proof that sexism exists. Let's be honest, we all know it existed and exists in the world. It's not something like, I'm, I'm not sat here going, God, this guy, this guy, you know, like, it's not, it's, it's, some things make you think, don't they? You sit down and watch, like, The Matrix or something, you, sometimes you might go, oh, this is, uh, this is heavy, or something like that, you know, or something, or a war film. I will sit down and watch Johnny Bravo and go, people are right about sexism, you know. It's like, that's the point, isn't it? Because to be fair, in all the things, the rinse and repeat thing is kind of, he, he tries. He's not necessarily a bad guy, but he never, he doesn't, he doesn't win. So if he is sexist, if he is sexist, then it doesn't, you don't get you don't get a girl at the end for it, which which we all know in real life can happen. Yeah, I think he's quite a sad character. He's quite a sad character, really. I think we have this this idea that when people look at the cartoon, they just see this Elvis-looking guy trying it on with women. But there's so much more to the cartoon and so much more to the character. You know, he, he generally helps out quite a lot of people. He always tries to be the best he can. I think you know maybe his self-esteem's low, but but. I can understand that you can say it's an example of sexism if you want it to be. I don't know, but I think the idea of saying it's proof that proof that sexism exists is a little bit far because there is thousands of other examples that are more pressing than a cartoon from the nineties, early noughties. Let's face it as well. It is no, no matter how much it you know, it's all, it's still funny to watch. It's from a different time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's twenty odd years ago. You know, it's it's, and this is the whole idea of this podcast. We will go through uh, cartoons from our generation. We'll go into the eighties, the nineties. We'll look at cartoons that maybe a lot of people, um, a lot of the current generation haven't seen, and therefore they won't really fit, um, fit in to society now. And that's the whole point of this podcast. We're looking at these series and deciding, essentially, whether or not we believe that they would fit in on TV today. So what we're going to do is now is we're going to move on, look at series one episode by episode um, a little bit. We won't go through every episode. Um, we're, we're going to... Because there is a lot. There, yeah, there is a lot. Um, we're going to go through, essentially, we picked out our favourite segments from each episode, the ones that we felt highlighted the car the positives of the cartoon, maybe some negatives, also the kind of character that Johnny Brother is. So they're the kind of main things we're going to discuss. Um, I think we'll start with the pilot. We're going to start with the pilot segment, which is um, very smartly titled Johnny Bravo. Now, this is generally highly focused on Johnny being a prick. You can see throughout the first series that he doesn't really show that level of toxic masculinity at all you can see why maybe in the pilot they wanted that kind of cocky attitude that approach um he's in a zoo essentially 
chatting up loads of women, which which you'll know, James, that you don't really see in the later episodes. Yeah. yeah. The one that really kicks it off is um, is Super Duped, which is a, is the first real episode that I feel that like you see Johnny really lose out and also um, follow a weird sort of storyline. It's, it's, I mean, it's a weird one. It's fun. Again, it's got that stuff in it that's good for kids because, like, um, it's kind of fun and fast and, you know, his voice is funny if you're a kid. Yeah, I think what you find is in that Super Dupe episode um, is there's, there's, there's various different factors in the episode that was a bit it was a bit confusing. Um, the fact that he ends up randomly being a show-and-tell for Susie, you know, to be fair, he helps out a little girl who, um, who sadly is his only friend. But you know, he doesn't have to agree to that. A bit confused at why the teacher just lets in a, a full-grown man into the school. But anyway, it was the nine age. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happens in America in the nineties. Yeah, because like the bit at the beginning, I find when he is doing the shopping list and repeating it over and over again, and trying to remember it. He's- it's brilliantly done when he starts to just flip the words around. It's funny. It's a joke that kids didn't get and adults would get. Yeah, and and what's interesting about that is that you often see that being used. Now, once again, we'll talk maybe further on about this later on in another section. But you'll also see, if you're watching the Super Dupe episode, you'll see um, him recite that shopping list. And also, if you're a fan of um, other cartoon especially especially family guy you'll see that that would that's been used again um now a little bit of research interesting fact that actually came from a sesame street segment that was done probably i think years before whereby a, a child is given a shopping list goes to goes to the shop and forgets and has to has to try to remember what they've been given by reciting it which obviously Johnny Bravo, Peter Griffin, those kind of dim-witted characters have to have to try and do, because evidently they forget. Well, they don't have pens in their world. Yeah, yeah, no one has pens in uh, in Aaron City. They're saving the planet, are they? Let's be honest. Yeah, they are. Now, one thing I want to highlight in that in that segment episode is the whole episode essentially revolves around Bravo Man, which is what Johnny Bravo ends up being a pretend superhero these kids believe it and he basically has to stop the villain called sweet cheeks who generally is a sweet baron uh, who robs a bank but then later on in the episode robs sweets it's a very strange sort of concept but i would like to point out that i'm not defending johnny bravo's toxic masculinity in any respect but if you watch that episode he does get he does get a bit treated by i think it's miss barb which i think is a play on miss babe that he calls it yeah yeah whereby she basically kind of like encourages him that she likes him. And at the end of the episode, he, en- he loses out to somebody called Pretty Boy. Now, unfortunately, me and James know what it's like to lose out to Pretty Boys. Those weight. What? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, but one thing I did like about that, that whole episode and what, uh, is the fact that the best way to de- defeat Sweet Cheeks isn't by muscle or by strength. It's by getting yourself dirty and having to use a hose pipe to hose yourself down, getting getting stuck in it, and then melting the character with water. Yeah, I'm, I'm, because that, I, I, know, I know he's probably going too deep into this, but why does he melt? Is he a witch? I assumed it was a reference to uh, the Wizard of Oz and the witch. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that goes on in animation, you know, the melting of characters. I just found it strange that that happened in Johnny Bravo. A guy robs a bank. And you know, the way to stop him is to hose him down. I like the fact that in, throughout that entire episode, whenever he's Bravo Man, because the kids love it, even when he's definitely losing, you can see he's definitely losing. They are so enthusiastic. They're going, oh yeah, you just um, you you went in there and got yourself beat up just to just to put him off and stuff like like what? And also, he doesn't like stop. He kind of like does it for the kids. He's doing it for the woman as well, but he also does it for the kids. And it's a really nice episode. It's quite fun. The villain's defeated. I think there's elements of that that make it quite interesting. The next one that I 
we really want to go on to. I think we referenced it earlier, The Sensitive Male. I mentioned that earlier on, which is a musical episode. And I know that I said I wasn't a big fan of those. But it's more to support the character of Johnny Bravo rather than the cartoon. This, the cartoon, we said, you know, we do love and there's a lot of one-liners in it. I'll just explain what the sensitive male is. It's basically a man tries to teach Johnny to be sensitive, but it doesn't work. And at the end, we realise the guy is essentially a prick, not Johnny, the other guy. Yeah. And he ends up being chased by women at the end of the episode, which Johnny himself seems to get together and encourage. Now, the only point I really want to make on that is the fact that within that whole segment, the musical segment's quite fun, it's quite nice, that you do see Johnny himself show some sort of empathy and also encourage the women not to be treated like that. Because you also see, for the listeners and for you, James, if you've not noticed it, there is part of that episode when the guy, the sensitive, charming guy is singing his little song about sensitivity. Then he gives, then he gives a woman a big D. Now, even in the 90s, if you give someone the big D, you know, uh, you know what you're giving them there. I mean, that's objectively, that's just, just funny, isn't it? Yeah, it is funny. But I think you know, I think I picked that up, I picked that up watching it again as a 35, 34, I'm not 35, 34 year old man. Um, you know, when it was out in 1997, I was 11. I wouldn't, or 10 or 11, or 9. I was 9, not 10 or 11. I wouldn't have even noticed. No, yeah, that, that's the thing with a lot of this stuff. Because weirdly, that guy who plays a sensitive man was also the one in a Simpsons section where he plays an amendment. And again, in that same kind of vein, I saw that in like 1993 or something. And the entire thing about it is like a horrible thing because it's a song. You're like, oh, this is pretty fun. And it's about like backhanders basically in Parliament and yeah. Congress if you're American. And that's kind of the thing. You just don't notice these things, do you, when you're when you're uh, when you're a kid? Well, credit to you to recognise that. To be honest, to be able to go, I recognise that voice so much from an episode of The Simpsons, which is nearly thirty years old. I don't know when that episode of Simpsons was out. Was it before Johnny Bravo? Pro- yeah, I imagine so. Maybe like nineteen ninety four, something like that. Maybe even earlier. It's crazy again. Time is not not good, is it? Yeah, so the next one in the conversation that I, um, I wanted to go to was Date with an Antelope, which um, I'll give a run, just a quick rundown for the listeners and for yourself if you don't, if you can't remember it from watching it an hour and a half ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Johnny goes on a blind date with an antelope called Carol, class name, you know, very mid 90s name, who's trying to make a crab boyfriend jealous. Now, Johnny meets her on a website and it's a blind date, and when she turns up, she's an antelope. A website in 1997? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got a computer. Oh, a website for blind dates, which is essentially the 1997 version of Tinder. Um, we've all had dates on those websites, and the people that we've come across um, have been probably our antelopes in that vein. And I don't think you can, I don't think you can use it as, a, as like a thing, like a crutch. Like, they're all our antelopes, really. Yeah, so. everyone's an antelope, and we love them, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this I don't this might be the first time or one of the first times. I don't think in, in the other segments earlier on, except for Scooby Doo, when they do the Scooby Doo crossover, that you see animal inclusion. There's quite a lot of animal talking, which I quite like in cartoons. Don't know why, just like animals talking. Funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny. Um and I think this is the first one that you see. Um and it's in and I, and I think that quite quite laugh. I think the scene um there's a scene when the crab when they're at the restaurant and the crab um, who's the jealous boyfriend ends up on Johnny Bravo's plate and attacks him, and they both end up in prison. Um, and he and he says this. He says he says a line in that that, to be fair, on its own, isn't that funny. But he says, "I hate this." Is why I hate shellfish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, interestingly, um, going back to I think we mentioned this earlier on, and it will be part of the later on section. The episode is written by a comedy genius in terms of animation. And cartoon writing, oh, yeah, yeah, um, but we'll we'll tell you more later on in the episode. Um, and I think the other thing to mention with that episode is generally he's quite a decent bloke in that episode. You know, there's a part when Carol breaks down crying. You know, when she realizes that Johnny realizes she's an antelope, 
does generally take quite a few minutes. Yeah. For her to realise that he realises it. But um and he and he takes her on the date, you know, ends up in prison for fighting a crab. Um, overall. Very interesting. Sounds like a fever dream. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Which essentially I kind of feel like if I was Johnny Bravo would generally be my life. Everything seems to be a fever dream. Because he I assume he goes to the gym at some point. I mean to be fair, peep behind the curtain here for anybody who's listening, but um you are dressed a bit like Johnny Bravo. I am. You're wearing a black t-shirt. That's not like yeah, that's movie. exactly it. Yeah. yeah. That's, just an audio it. podcast, but except for the blonde wig, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you don't like We're an audio that. podcast, and I've got a ginger beard and, and brown hair, but I'm wearing a black t-shirt. Uh, hey, mama. If I said, oh, you dress like me, I wouldn't think you'd do my exact haircut. I think you'd just be wearing the same clothes. I think I'm, I think that's fair. I've seen people in cosplay and people go right for it. If I was going to be Johnny Bravo, I would have big muscles and the blonde hair and sunglasses and, and everything. Yeah. So we're going to go on to one of the segments, which yeah, used to be funny, which is quite a nice episode. You have two clowns and they basically try to make each other laugh at the expense of Johnny um, by throwing pies at him. I think one of them has a gun and fires pie guns at him. Obviously. Um, did he end up getting run over, possibly? Uh, yeah. There's also a reference, yeah. There's also a reference for the adult listeners out there, which more, everyone is, where I think there's a sexual reference made at the end, whereby the date, because basically I'll run through the premise of this of the episode. Basically, Johnny is waiting for his date who doesn't turn up yet. Then he ends up in between these two clowns, um, fighting in between the two clowns. And then when she does arrive, she's more attracted to the clowns. And she says... She encourages them to pie her together. If you watch the episode back, even if you don't subscribe to a streaming service, if you just go online and Google that segment, just listen to it and just see if you thought the same as me. I won't won't say the words that came to my mind, but let's just say you can have cream on top of a pie, and that's what I thought that sounded like. I mean, you might as well say that. But... uh... I know, but... Want to keep it... Keep it PG. Yeah, keep it PG. Um, then we've got the next one we we'll to talk about is a quite a popular one. Uh, Johnny meets Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett, obviously from Charlie's Angels fame. Is it? Is, is Before that our time, I think. It seems like all of a sudden, like they got a bit of they got a bit of fame maybe from the first few episodes, and they went, "He's taking off this." I don't know. Obviously, they probably made him together, so it probably didn't work out. Like but because like within like four or five episodes, Scooby Doo's there. Which is yeah, Scooby Doo's in the second. I think Scooby Doo's in the second or third episode. I think you know, like I think you've got, they go, they go straight in. But with the fire facet, obviously, um, rest in peace. I think she, I think she passed away last year. But obviously, in the, in nineteen ninety seven, she she would have probably still been a sex figure. Um, probably yeah, because not that long, and, and 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 him as well. I think she passed away at about age sixty five. So she doing so. She know she would have been a reasonably character. Um, but what, there's, there's quite a few things in the episode that I like. Um, Susie invites Johnny Bravo to a birthday party. He refuses and actually uses the words, for me in 15 years when you're um, a college student. I can't remember the actual line, but something along those lines, which is a little bit weird. Yeah. But anyway, and then she finds out that, then he finds out that Farrah Fawcett is actually Susie's cousin and loves the fact that he, he then gets to go and enjoy some, um, gets to go and meet Farrah Fawcett, who... He has all over his wall and the calendar of and everything. And I think he um, he has an interaction with a granny who's queuing up to meet her, um, which is quite funny. Because it, it's, it's, it's them as well, isn't it? Because sometimes, obviously, they do celebrity things when they have they do celebrity bits in in in, uh, in TV shows, like cartoons especially, and they just go, they get somebody else to do the voice. But I'm going to say that I know for Adam West, obviously, in an episode, and Donny Osmond, and they, they play themselves. So they must have got a bit of... Yeah, and Farrah Fawcett plays herself. I don't know if, if it was voiced by Farrah Fawcett. And I don't even know if Adam West and Donny Osmond were. Because um, Donny Osmond... But there are... It's the first, I think it's the first proper celebrity, except for the Scooby-Doo cast, who were, and, who were technically not celebrities. It's the first time that you then see those characters. Moving on from the Farrah Fawcett episode, like you mentioned, James, we have Adam West, oh. which is a brilliant episode. 
what I assume is a caricature version of Adam West helping Johnny find his mum. And I think for me, this might be different for you, I think what I liked is the idea that they they used the kind of Batman-esque sort of... Um, so like the, the names, the, the words and stuff. Yeah. Where he like jumps, he jumps in the air and lands, and it just says land, which is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the um, it's 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 some of the wordplay as well. It's like um, there's a bit in when they're in a Chinese restaurant, and um, Adam West is able to dissect that they're at the golf yeah. club. Yeah. They're at the golf club because there's golf carts for rent, and he just he comes up with loads of random. Like scenes. I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but the fact that we're getting there in a golf cart, it seems funny. But the fact they had golf clubs on the back, which makes you think they'd gone, because that's what they thought his mother was in a rush, and then gone, well, uh, could we rent a golf cart? And then, so, oh, actually, we better take some clubs as well, actually, while we're here. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, you yeah. see, like, the best bits of the episode for me is. Th- Right back at the beginning when it's the Adam West show, when Adam West helps people who've been bullied or everything. And essentially, you get the impression that he helps he helps the child by using his dogs to kill um, the bully or attack the bully. And he also keeps getting the names wrong. That's another thing. Yeah, that's funny. Heard. He's like going, hey, Billy. What's your name? Billy. Hi, Aaron. Obviously, that's probably wrong. Yeah. You know, and he does it to Johnny Bravo. Kelly, your mother's been held at the golf course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because obviously that, that big red flag over there is an example of a underground mall people. Yeah, which is a brilliant thing. But now, for how much I love the Adam West episode, part of that, sorry, the Adam West segment, part of that, then you had later when you had the Donny Osmond one. Now, obviously, Donny Osmond is very close to your heart, James. As, we, as I, as a listener, yeah. don't know, but I know um, James's mum, the lovely Alison is a big fan of the Osmonds. And I'm sure she's seen this episode at least twice. Probably got it on DVD if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is the best episode um, for me. For the, I made the reference earlier on about the ball pool. And it, it, it's more Johnny in that, you know. Donny Osmond plays... I don't even know if it's a caricature of himself, if it's like a 70s version. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a 70s version. I just love the love he tries to you know, at the end when he tries to fly away like Mary Poppins and he goes that was stupid. I like the fact he hides that. in a bin. He plays hide and seek and hides in a bin <laughs> and just stays there all night. <laughs> you know, but like yeah. It's, so like, but what I like about that is he's once again going into the cartoon and going into Johnny Bravo. This is the thing I like about the character and I like about the whole series is that for how much Johnny is a, a womanizer and it, well tries to be a womanizer, he's not a womanizer because he doesn't get nowhere with the ladies, unfortunately, for him. He's a generally nice bloke. I don't think he's necessarily... um, He hasn't got many friends. I don't think he's very confident in himself. But he is really good at one lines, which I'm sure the the writers have put in. Um, Like, I think he makes reference, like I said earlier on, he makes reference to uh, Donny Osmond falling in a... being pushed in a river. Why do you jump in the river? And then later on in the episode, um, when he's flying off with the um, umbrella, like you said, James, he makes a reference about... He goes, like, something along the lines of, Hey, mama, that's one weirdo. Yeah, you know, so, you know, Johnny. That's the good thing about Johnny Bravo. It it has enough for us to watch the program and enjoy it as a thirty-four-year-old, thirty-six-year-old pe- uh, men essentially, and get the jokes out of it. That when we were 10, 11, 12, 13, maybe when we were twelve, thirteen, we might have got them. But when we were younger than that, we wouldn't even understand. And it's still a good cartoon. You know, I've had my kids watch it uh, with me when I've been doing this review, and they actually sit down and watch it and like it. And obviously don't pick up a lot of the references, but I didn't until I, until I went back to it and said I really wanted to talk about Johnny Bravo, and that's one that we discussed um, prior to recording. It's like, let's go and watch this. But I got a lot more out of it than I expected. I like the episodes where he meets somebody because he becomes us in that situation. Like, I don't want to go too deep into it, but when there's, like, the Donny Osmond character that's ridiculous or Adam West is ridiculous or the Scooby-Doo gang who were just being the Scooby-Doo gang, gang from the 70s and he's like this is dumb like he's literally what we'd be doing like going oh right this is-. Yes, it's ridiculous and he does help those people I think he's always trying to help I think what I often find is when you watch Johnny Bravo is 
people look back and they go, oh yeah, he's like a muscle bound, loving himself character, which he is to he is to a certain extent. But in most of the segments and the episodes that you see, you just see him kind of doing something for somebody else. Then the women are secondary to it. Like he ends up kind of going up to a woman, but essentially most of the time, especially when it's it's another character on him, whether or not it's helping a bear go to sleep, whether or not it's helping a, a little kid become a mini Johnny Bravo, or all these other. Also fantastic, by the way. Yeah, uh, good episode. Yeah, Kronos. I I forgot that was from Johnny Bravo. I remember it, like literally, like somewhere in my head. There's always something going off that says Kronos, master of all time. Yeah, but I didn't know what it was from. And that's where it's from. There you and go, you see. It like, and it's mental. It's just it's mental that it's just a bear that lives in a cave and he is in charge of all time. And the fact that the VCR thing's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody can set one of them. As an adult, though, I was, I, I was watching that as an adult and where he gets him to sleep by watching like the tree channel, which is brilliant. This guy talking about trees, it's boring. So he falls asleep. And then the alarm goes off his set. So I like thinking my first thought was, if it was me, I'd be going, that is bullshit. I got you to sleep. You set a stupid alarm clock. Absolutely not. Beat <laughs> me. You broke your own rules, so absolutely not. The rule was get you back to sleep. I'm not in charge of your big stupid computer without 20 minutes on it. Yeah, but you bear in mind it is a bear. He's arguing with a bear. <laughs> He's like, you know. Bear in mind. <laughs> you know, it is a talking bear. And actually, that debunks my original point. I think I said that the antelope was the first animal interaction. It's not. I think the bear might be. Um, the bear. Oh, is. Lot, oh no, there's, there's a jungle episode as well, isn't there? As well. Yeah, um, that's another funny one. Yeah. When there's a bear trap on the ground because that monkey king's trying to catch him. Again, we're still not having a fever dream. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. And that's what I like about the cartoons from that era. Like, we'll go through, in the future, we'll discuss Detective's Laboratory. We'll probably go Cow and Chicken. You know, we'll go all over. We'll probably go um, to DuckTales, to probably Pokemon, to everything that we can ever do. But with these cartoons, with the kind of Cartoon Network stuff, you kind of get what these kind of fever dream cartoons, which kind of were the catalyst for a lot of cartoons that exist in later years, um, like Adventure Time, which every time... I think he's a, I genuinely think he's a catalyst for Adult Swim. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, I think, that's, I think that's a fair... That's a fair you could put um, Johnny Bravo on Adult Swim and just add a little bit to it. You could have added it to Adult Swim. Oh time, yeah, and I'm surprised adults who haven't done. Maybe they have, and I've not seen it done a kind of spoof of it. But I think you have those cartoons from that from that period, really having going a little bit, kind of slightly off to the side, which then allowed cartoons in the future to kind of go way off, way off into you know worlds that we wouldn't even imagine. Like I said, I like, use the example of Adventure Time. I've watched that quite a few times and sometimes I just sit there just going, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> I can't watch Rick and Morty and I, I'm going to watch it. One, because I think it'd be quite good for, for, for this, but right, that's by the by. It is really um, good. It is, it is really yeah. Rick and Morty is very, very good. But that's off, that's off topic. But we're good. So like the, so going back to the thing is, so, so the jungle episode, I there's a joke in that, that it's not really, it puts the bear trap on the ground and again, it's a good one where Johnny becomes us because he, he doesn't step in it. He goes, I'm not stepping on that. I'm not stupid. And the bear goes, like, oh, sorry, that's for me, actually. And then puts his leg in it. <laughs> Obviously, it smashes his leg and he goes, okie dokie. Like, like, why would you just step into it? But it's, well, that's funny. That's a funny, that's a good, that's one for yeah. everybody. Yeah. And I, and I think... He- you get that throughout the throughout the series. Like I said, series one is for me the best better series. It's got the better writers. I think it got um, it's it's done from the original idea um, from Van Partemel. I think you you can see that, and as the later seasons go on, they're not as good. But those little jokes, you know. I'm going to presume that going forward, the reason why I remember Johnny Bravo being character of the like ridiculous, like, uh, always trying to hit on women. Because he does in the episodes I've seen. Yeah. In this first series. He definitely does. But I imagine going forward when, you know, when, again, a bit of sizzle, but when there's a bit of a change, I reckon that's what they hang on to. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think we all hang on to that. And it, be- it became part of what he is. But I reckon the later episodes did that more. 
it became like oh, it's just that's all he's doing. Whereas, you know, the the ones I, now I'm watching these back now, I'm like going, yeah, he did a lot more than just really hit on women. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I wanted to do from when I suggested Johnny Bravo has been our first episode, the kind of first topic of the first episode was to kind of debunk the idea that we all look back at Johnny Bravo, the cartoon, and just think it was a, a sexist idiot trying it on with women. Now, I'm not saying there is parts of that, but there's also so much more you can enjoy from the cartoon that factors into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, 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 there's loads. I mean, it's brilliant. It, it is. Um, so what I want to do now is go on to my what's going to become my favourite section. Now, I personally believe Johnny Bravo for this isn't the best, but this is what we call Rate the Theme Tune. One, two, three, go! A very 50s energy there. So we will rate the theme tune out of a score of 10. I will have mine. James will have his. Um, I'm going to go for a four. We'll go away, work it out. Yeah, do an average. average. And we'll get back to you in about two yeah, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> when we've got a calculator. So I'm going to go four out of 10 because I, I think it's all right. It, it, it's not the best, but it has a, it has a song. Maybe six. It's good. When it it's one of those ones when it when it when it half when it starts. You like if you're ready to watch it, you're proper up for it. You know what I mean? Like for up for watching that program, it it gets you. If you weren't up for it before it started, you're you're in with that theme tune. It kind of just throws itself at you. So I like I'd say six. Like you say, if if you're rating it against other theme tunes from that era, so. Me being the mathematician yeah. that I am, James, yeah. I'm going to then assume that an average rating, if you give it a four, if I give it a four and you give it a six, is eight. Is that right? No, I'm only joking. Banter is five. So Johnny Bravo is given a five out of ten on the theme tune board. Obviously, it goes to the top of the list because it's the first episode we've done. <laughs> so now we're on to my favourite section, which is Did You Know? The Did You Know section is where me and James throw facts about the cartoon that we're talking about and see whether or not each, each of us knew. Would you like to go first, my friend? So, this is one of the first animated shows by Butch Hartman and Seth MacFarlane, who became friends soon after. Where do I know Butch Hartman from? Yeah, he created Fairly Odd Parents. If you've been listening to the podcast, you may have noticed we have referenced a legend in comedy writing some of the episodes that we loved the adam west the donny osmond one were all written or had some involvement from seth mcfarlane i say proper tracks that done it because if you think about family guy and the fact that he gets people to come people like you, when, when you see people on there and think they had done their mm. own voice there and they actually have and it's them making ripping the absolute piss out of themselves you're thinking, how's he going to do that? And you could see why you could get those people to come in and just have a laugh. Yeah, so going on from what you said about people knowing their own voices, my did you know is that the Adam West character that we see in the in the segment we mentioned earlier actually became the basis for the Adam West character you see in Family Guy. Yeah, see? Same suit, yeah, brother. essentially same mannerisms. Adam West once again, um, I think he's passed away, but was essentially a great character in Family Guy, and really was created in Johnny Bravo and taken over to the Family Guy. He knew how to do this himself, like he knew how to make the Mickey out himself. Yeah, he was great. Like in The Simpsons, he was great when he was like nobody, does, nobody, Batman doesn't yeah. anymore. Like yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. Also, this is completely off topic a bit, but. When they made the 1991 Batman film, or 89 Batman yeah. with Michael Keaton, he was annoyed that he wasn't asked to play Batman, despite being 60 years old. He wasn't annoyed. I think, I think it's fair I feel like, you know, he made Batman famous, you know. 
and then they take it off him. But yeah. each to their own. I think Adam West in the 1989 Batman would have been brilliant. You know, him and Jack Nicholson would have hit it off. That'd be like fantastic. That. So you're up, my friend. Yes, so Johnny's distinctive hairstyle is based on Brad Pitt's hairstyle in a film called Johnny Swade from 1991. So weirdly, they call it Johnny, though. I don't know if that's a reference to. I don't think it is. But to be fair, James, I didn't know that. And I also didn't know that, that Brad Pitt starred in a film called Johnny Swade. So I feel like I've learned something there. And I'm sure people listening have learned something as well. My next, did you know? is the fact that, that there was a plan to make a live-action version of, of Johnny Bravo, to make a film starring none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson as the lead character playing Johnny Bravo. I remember hearing about that and thinking, that'll be great. This is a time when, when he was playing... You know, this isn't a big time when he was playing in big films. He was obviously the Scorpion King and different things like that. So it would have been you know, maybe like the Two Fairy kind of era. He wasn't as big star. He wasn't the Fast and Furious franchises and stuff. But what's mad is he's got he's got the body for it now. He has got the body for it. Now, now, now he has. It looks now like now he has. He yeah, but I, I just kind of feel like I don't know why. Like I'm sure The Rock could have probably uh, pulled it off, but it's a strange person to see come up with. Is it literally because he was The Rock in wrestling and he used to wear sunglasses and do an eyebrow? That is literally maybe maybe that's, that's it. I don't know why he was tipped to play it. Maybe, but that's that was what was that is a fact. Um. And I think that's all I. That's all the. That's all the. Did you know as I've got? I've got. Well, I have one last one. So the Johnny Bravo character comes from an unreleased um, short called Metho Blues, and was originally envisioned as an Elvis impersonator, and that's where they get the name Aaron City from for Johnny Bravo, where he lives, because Elvis's middle name was Aaron. Oh, well, there you go. I did, do you know, two things I've learned there is the fact that Aaron City is named after Elvis' middle name and also that Elvis has got a middle name. Weirdly, as Elvis' Elvis's middle name comes from because he was a twin. Who was? Elvis? Yeah. Was he really? Yeah, yeah, no, he was. Um, yeah, he was a twin and the twin died. Um, See? You know, obviously horrible. And the name was given to the middle name to him. All right. See? You learn things on this podcast... Not even just about cartoons, about music history and the name Music King. Yeah. So we're going to move on now to the final part of the episode, which we call Burn or Return. Me and James are going to just shout out whether Burn or Return. If we both agree, and hopefully we will, then we'll just say what we'll just say why we agree. However, if we disagree, we will be given a, an amount of time to to explain to each other why we feel the other one should take on our opinion. If we agree, fantastic. However, if we don't agree, it will then be down you lovely listeners on the social media platforms. Are you ready, James? I'm always ready. Okay, so after three, James. One. Two, three, return. Burn. Okay. Oh, that's. I see. So it is, it is different. So, in your own words, why should Johnny Bravo return to our screens? I don't think. I think it's one of like as I've probably said many times during this, but I think it was one of those things that was. It was. It was enough. Like you said, your kids watched it, and they probably didn't pick up on the stuff that was a bit sus. And we we can watch it and laugh. I mean, maybe there is some problematic stuff in there. I think that's the problem with anything going forward in it. it is, but I, I, I think genuinely, if you just put that back on screen, you'd have no complaints, I don't think. I, from, this, is, this is my thing. If you came into the living room, like you've, gone, you've got up a bit later, your kids have got up and gone downstairs to watch TV, and you come down and they're watching Johnny Bravo, are you going, what are you doing? Or are you like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I agree with that. But the reason I think that it should be burned is for, is for its own good. And I'll explain what I mean by that. In that, me and you enjoyed it. The kids enjoyed it. I've essentially said how much throughout the episode and 
conversations that we've had that I've actually really enjoyed going back and watching Johnny Bravo in, in, in as much detail as, as I have. However, the things that are problematic, as you, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, will be the things that people home in on. And even though we can say now that there's a lot more to Johnny Bravo than there is, we live in a generation that would focus so much on the negatives that it wouldn't get off the ground. Therefore, I feel that for its own sake, we should just give it a nice, peaceful cremation. Therefore, we will put it out to the world of social media. The poll will be on Twitter, which is at ToonTalesPod. You'll find us on there. Please follow us, and you can then vote which one of us you feel is right. And also comment. Tell us why we might be wrong. Tell us what you thought and what you think, if it should burn or return. So I think that's the end of the episode. I think we've reached the end of episode one. So you can find us on Facebook by searching Toontales Podcast or on Twitter, which is at Toontales Pod and follow us and check us out. We also have an email, which is toontalespod at gmail.com. If you want to email us in any suggestions, any um, cartoons that you feel that we want to talk about, anything at all, really, you can email that email address and we'll try and get back to you if we can. I also want to do a couple of thank yous. I'd like to thank James for being on here with us tonight. I would also like to thank you. There's two other people I'd like to thank separately. So one is our friend uh, Matthew, who is a good friend of ours and very good podcaster in his own right. So our friend Matthew, thank you. Without him, we probably wouldn't know what in the world we were doing. I'd like to uh, thank my partner, Jessica, for a few reasons. The first reason being that she created the graphic for us and also came up with most of the names for the segment and also has been quite supportive as this has been the main topic of conversation in my life for the last three weeks. They played a big part in helping us, so thank you to both those people. So thank you for listening and look out for the next episode.